Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church Podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. Well, good evening. Um, let's jump right into things. I don't want to shortchange God, but I know you guys got work and things like that. And um, there's a ball game on. It's probably not worth watching anyways. <laughs> They'll probably win since we're here, right? So we're just going to be here every Wednesday. I think they play every Wednesday this month. So um, Psalm chapter 16, verse 11. You make known to me the path of life. How many know we need to be on his path? And look what it says. If you're on that path, you will fill me with joy. Everyone say joy. joy. In your presence. Amen. Where's joy at? In his presence. You will fill me with joy in your presence. And there's going to be eternal pleasures at your right hand. What that scripture says, if we're on his path, in his presence, we're going we're gonna to see enjoyment. We're going to see blessing. We're going to see joy. We're going to see the things of God. Amen. So on New Year's Eve, uh, I got up and, and shared with this with you that usually every fall, God just gives me something for this church for, for the new year. And sometimes we just say it like it is. Sometimes we, we try to make it sound a little creative, but this year we just went with, it's a joyful 23. A joyful 23. Say this with me. This is cheesy, but we're going to say it. Joyful 23. It's God's plan for you and me. Y'all didn't know I was a poet, did you? So I just want to encourage you um, tonight or this month, we've left uh, the photo wall out there and there's some magnets out there. Just have someone snap your picture on your phone in front of that wall, make it your, your, um, your screensaver, just to remind you um, that for some reason, God's specific assignment this year is, is joy in your life. There's a magnet, you can put that on the, your fridge. If you've got a plate in your head, you can stick it on your head, just whatever, wherever it fits, wherever it works, right? Um, and so I want to take Wednesday nights to talk about joy. So I'm going to review for a moment, and I'm going to talk about something that is so important for us that uh, uh, sometimes we just, we misunderstand it. But when I say joy, it, it's, it's usually what happens is we go to happiness, and I, God's all right with you being happy, but joy isn't happiness. Um, happiness means good fortune is happening in your life. So things are going good, your hair's looking good, you're feeling good, things are rolling all right in your life, you're happy, right? Um, but what happens when you have some speed bumps in the road or some misfortunes or some mess ups or some unexpected things? Anyone ever had a week like that? Um, so what happens with happiness is happiness starts to disappear and it turns into another emotion. But, so happiness isn't joy. It's, it's, those two things are different. So happiness depends on what's happening to me. Joy depends on what's happening in me. Those, those are two different things. And the coolest thing when we start to study the word joy is it's the noun kara or chara, which is also the root for what? Grace. How many have come to understand how important the grace of God is? This is how I look at grace. There's, there's a standard that God has, and often we're here. That's why there's grace. Grace makes up all the difference. Grace is the unmerited, undeserved, unearned favor of God. 
It's the goodness of God working on the behalf of those of us who don't deserve it. We can't earn it. It's just God's goodness manifesting in our life. It's his favor in our lives. It's our edge. It's our advantage. It's the grace of God. You didn't deserve it, but because he's such a good God and he's such a loving God, he wants you to not just experience grace, but live in grace. So when we talk about joy, what are we talking about? An attribute of grace, a manifestation of grace, and that's what um, joy is. So it's, it's a gift of salvation. And so I really want you just to, to lean into this all year long, and that's just no matter how good things go in a week, how challenging things go, if things go just like you thought, or if you have something that doesn't go like you thought, keep recognizing grace. Keep recognizing grace. If you're going to recognize grace, we have to recognize what? Joy. We have to recognize joy. So when we talk about joy, it's a supernatural gift from God or of God. And so on New Year's Eve, I talked to you about this, that here's how you know if you're full of joy. You check the gauges. Everybody do this for a moment. Okay. Some of you drive like this. However you drive, you, if you got your lean on or if you, you're, you know, my wife is so safe and so like just pays attention to everything. I'm just, I just go as fast as I can get there, right? So you ever just drive like, how'd I get here? That's like every day of my life. Like anyway, so, but, but you know, when you're driving, you got to check the what? You got to check the gauges. It's important to check the gauges. I, I remember one time I was driving in my truck and I heard this really weird noise and this light came on on my dash. And a guy was with me. I'm like, wonder what that is. He said, turn up the radio. So we turned up the radio. <laughs> About 10 miles later, the engine blew up. Anyways, so we don't want our engine to blow up, right? So, so we got to check the gauges. And there are three ch- gauges to keep checking in your life to know how full of joy you are. And the first one is gratitude. Because gratitude is remembering what God did yesterday. Um, you cannot believe God to do something tomorrow if you're forgetting what he did yesterday, because he's the same in your yesterday as he is right now, as he will be in your next season. And so has God ever done anything good for you? I just want you to know, because he did something good before, that's a guarantee that he still wants to do something good tomorrow. So in spite of us, God's a really good God. We've got to Uh, All through the Bible, it's amazing. I I feel like sometimes God wrote it for me because it has this word, remember, don't forget, remember, don't forget, remember. I get forgetful sometimes. I I, I mean, can anyone like just like have a great, God does something great and you get hit with something and there's this tendency to almost question if you'll do it again. Well, that's why we have to make sure our gratitude gauge is on full. And I'm telling you, the best way to know if your gratitude gauge is on full is listen to your conversation and your mood. If you're complaining and doubt-filled, you are not in gratitude. So keep your gratitude gauge on full. Anyone in here like the, like, uh, it's so funny, my oldest daughter is like my wife because if you're on half a tank of gas, she's like, we need gas. I'm like, we don't need gas. What I read in the manual of of my vehicle is um, when the light comes on, you got like 50 miles. (laughs) And it starts counting down on, on mine, you know, the digits, and then it just goes off. So I don't know, like, last I knew it was like we had 30 miles. So I'm, you know, trying to calculate. If you could tell I push it sometimes, don't let me be your example tonight, right? But so don't push your gratitude gauge. And, and, and here's the second gauge is your enthusiasm gauge. Enthusiasm is really a, a, a one of our words for joy. 
It comes from a word entheos. The word theos means God. In means God in. So enthusiasm means to have God in or to be God inspired on the inside. And so when we talk about enthusiasm, that's experiencing God in the here and now. Gratitude is what he did yesterday. Enthusiasm is for what you're experiencing now. So you got to also make sure that your here and now enthusiasm gauge is, is on full. And the other gauge we have to pay attention to is the anticipation gauge, which is believing and anticipating and an expectation, that's faith, right? That God's going to do something in your tomorrow. Aren't you glad that God was in your yesterday? Well, if God was in your yesterday, I, I got news for you. He's also in your tomorrow. And he's also in your right now. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God's, God, God is not limited by time. He can be in all those three places at once. So you and I have got to check the gauges every once in a while and make sure we have gratitude, we have enthusiasm, and we have anticipation. If your gratitude's on full, and a lot, there are some people who are just really grateful people, and their gratitude gauge is on full, but, but their, their anticipation, they live more in yesterday than they, knew, they do right now. Or some people are just happy to be here in the here and now, and they've forgotten what God did then, and they're not anticipating anything tomorrow. So that's how we live as believers. We, we live with gratitude in, in the yesterday, enthusiasm about the here and now, and an anticipation for tomorrow. But that's the gauges you've got to keep your eyes on, those, those three gauges. So when you're, if you, you do this or you do this, however you drive or however you roll, check the gauges. It's important to check the gauges. Amen. So keep your eye on the gauges, so, so make sure that you wrote that down. And then I, I said this, this last part of a quick review, I, I said this to you. He, God just sort of laid this on my heart. He said, just tell them to prioritize these three things. Check the gauges and prioritize these three things this year, and, and, and you'll stay, you, 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 you'll experience a fullness of joy, right? And the first one is you have to, you have to prioritize the presence of Jesus, just make it a priority in your life. And that may mean turn the TV off a little bit early. That might be talk to him on the way to work. Just you have got to prioritize some time for Jesus. No matter how busy, no matter what's going on, you've got to make it a priority in your life. I just, I just want you to know he's going to meet you there um, in a new, fresh way in your life. You know, you know one thing that all of our, our team we call it first 30, and, and we tell them this. Your first 30 minutes in the morning, um, we, we pay you to go be with Jesus because you're a better employee when you're with Jesus, right? You're, you're a better believer. That's just what we do, but, but prioritize the presence of Jesus. Number two, prioritize the promises of God. The presence of Jesus, prioritize the promises of God um, because last time I checked, all the promises of God are um, yes and amen, right? In other words... Put your amen to what God said yes to. Is God a healer? Is God a provider? Is God a deliverer? Is God a blesser? Is God for you? Just, just, just stick your amen to whatever God said yes to. Okay, and the third thing we said was prioritize his people, his presence, his promises, and his people. And that's just encouraging you to do what you're doing tonight, be in church, be in an event we have, be around people, join a group, get involved in Lyft, get in group, involved in Bible, just be around the people of God because there's an encouragement there that's not in the world. And I love it that if you can't be here, you can watch on live stream, but I'm better in person than I am on live stream. Amen? All right, so I'm just saying. <laughs> 
I'm joking. Um, I, I'm just saying it, things happen in the house that don't happen through the airwaves. I'm glad the anointing travels, but y'all know what I'm saying. We need to be with each other. The Bible actually said, when you see the days are evil, get there and gather more. So when, when, when are the days evil? Right now. That's when they are. Hello, right? I will prophesy that to you. But you knew that. Amen. Amen. So, so I want to talk to you on these Wednesday nights about kind of three different things. And, and here's what I want to talk to you about tonight, which I have taught on before, but I want to do my best to, to do it in a fresh way, and that's this. The Bible talks about us, it talks about some certain attitudes that we should develop in our lives. Like, one is faith, right? We should have an attitude of faith. Um, gratitude's another one. Grat you need to have a, an attitude of what? Gratitude. But here's one the Bible talks about that we need to let God develop in our life, and it's a, the attitude of joy, right? Jo joy is, it's a grace, it, it's a supernatural gift, but it can become our attitude, our, our attitude in a, a positive way. Sometimes when we say attitude, we just start thinking that's a negative thing, but I'm talking about a positive attitude in my life and your life, and that's the attitude of joy. So if, if it's a joyful 23, it would be a year for us to highlight, focus in on, or pay attention and say, God, if it's about a joyful 23, then I want you to develop in me an attitude of joy. Because yeah. Here's what I don't want you to buy into. Just because we said, hey, it's, it's, a, it's a year of joyful 23, don't just believe just because I said it, it just happens. That's why I said we need to be with God's people, be in his presence, focus on his presence. There are some things we have to submit ourselves to, position ourselves in, so we can experience everything that God has, right? And so God wants us to have this attitude of joy. Look at this. This is Romans chapter 15, verse 13. It says, may the God of what? Hope. Aren't you glad we serve a God of hope? See, that's anticipation right there. That's anticipating God's best. We can have hope. May the God of hope do what? Fill you with all what? Joy. We can say this. Let him fill you with what? All grace. So if we're going to look at that word fill, it means to liberally and abundantly make you full or to give you a liberal supply. So God doesn't want you just to experience joy in 23. He wants you to be so full of joy that it overflows. May the God of hope fill you or liberally supply you with joy and peace when you do what? Trust in him. Is there anyone that just, you've just come to a point in your life, no matter what is happening around you, in D.C., um, on the stock market, um, on the diagnosis, you're just like, I trust God. I am choosing to trust God. There's something that happens when you make that choice. Guess what happens? Peace and joy. Peace and joy. Peace and joy. And trust means you just grab a hold of it and say, you know what? I trust God. Um, so it says this, so you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So hope, joy, they all go right along with you trusting God. And so what I'm saying is we need to develop this attitude in our life where we just trust God and two things will result, a whole bunch of hope and a whole bunch of joy by the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, how is he going to do that? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to think about this statement that I'm about to say. Whatever you are full of is what fixes your attitude. Has anyone ever told you what you're full of? 
Have you ever like just sort of noticed what someone else is full of? Whatever it is that you're full of is what fixes your attitude. Really, you can't just have a good attitude. Whatever you let yourself be full of, that's your attitude. You can say you got a, a good attitude, but if you're full of negativity, you don't have a good attitude. You can say you have a, an attitude of faith, but if you are not getting yourself full of the Word of God, you're not full of faith. Faith is not your attitude. So whatever we allow ourselves to get fixated on and get full of, that's our attitude. Wow, yeah. that's good. That's good. And, and sometimes, uh, have, have you ever, maybe you said this to one of your kids, not when they were like seven, but when they turned like 14, um, if you didn't say it, you thought it, I bet you, uh, you need an attitude adjustment. Can I just say what God probably thinks sometimes? We need a, an attitude what? Adjustment. I need an attitude adjustment sometimes. I've told my wife, you need an attitude adjustment sometimes. In the, in the name of Jesus, I prophesied it to her. But we do. We need an attitude adjustment, which we need, we need to adjust what we're allowing ourselves to get what? Full of. Yeah. Now, when we throw words around like attitude, there are some Christianese words that sometimes go along with it. We could say an attitude of joy, or we could say something like this, a spirit of joy. Or a dispensation, or, or dis, not dispensation, a disposition of joy. So if you went and you looked up the word attitude, you're going to hear words like this. Um, the prevailing mood of your life. The tendency of your life. The perspective of your life. The expectation in your life. The opinion in your life. The motivation of your life, the opportunity in your life. Those are, those are other words for attitude. So if we're saying we need an attitude of joy, we could say, what if the inclination, the tendency, the prevailing mood of our life was joy? It'd be the same thing as saying attitude. So if we're going to have an attitude of joy, guess what we have to be full of? Joy, which is grace, which is recognizing the goodness of God, um, the gladness of God on the inside, the goodness of God on the inside. I just want you to think for a moment, because there's a lot of things we attribute value to or importance to, but I just want you to think about this. Think about how important attitude really is. Because I think what I'm about to say to you is 100,000% true. Attitude is everything. It's a game changer. It, it's a game changer. To have the right inclination, to have the right prevailing tendency, to have the right mood, or the right spirit about our lives is an absolute, absolute game changer. Because it completely determines what's going to happen in your life. Because you cannot be, you, you can't be blessed, you can't be successful without a good attitude. It's impossible without the right attitude. And I think I'm right about this. Those of you who maybe have employees under you, 
Would you trade skill for a good attitude? I would every time. I'd rather have someone working for me that has the best attitude. I'd trade that for skill. You can teach skill, but you can't teach attitude. I've even told our team sometimes, I can help you with everything. I can help you learn something. I can help you grow. The only thing I can't help you with is guess what? You're tuned. And you know what? God's not responsible for your attitude. Guess who is? God's not responsible for Aaron's attitude. Guess who's responsible for Aaron's attitude? That'd be Aaron. Isn't this good? All right, so let me, let me hit you with a scripture. I know you know this scripture. I'm going to read a couple translations to you. I want to unpack the scripture, and we'll, we'll, we'll close with a worship song. James James chapter 1, verse 2, this is, this is the amplified version, and it says this way, consider it wholly joyful, brethren, so he's talking to us, whenever, not if ever, but what, whenever you might find yourself enveloped or in case you encounter a trial of any kind or you fall into something that tempts you, consider it wholly joyful. I'll be honest with you, I've read this verse sometimes and felt like that, that's sort of messed up. That's sort of messed up in the natural. Let, let me read it to you. This is the New Living, and it says it this way. Dear brothers and sisters, so he's talking to us, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great what? Joy. Great. So anytime something is coming at you, it's an opportunity for grace. It's an opportunity to lean into grace. It's an opportunity for grace, which makes up the distance, the difference, the distance. It's an opportunity for great joy. All right. Let me, let me, let me read you what the Passion Bible says and add two verses to it. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties... Anyone ever been in one of those periods of time? See it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you possibly can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. And then as your endurance grows... Even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and there is nothing lacking in your life. Now, the Bible does not tell us to be thankful. Let's say something comes at you. It doesn't say you have to be thankful for what came at you, but you're thankful in it, not for it. And here's why we struggle a little bit. This just, just this, when I was backstage, I was working on this. Because sometimes we focus and we think, well, God's using a trial to test me to develop my joy. What God's doing is taking advantage of an opportunity of a trial to unleash your joy. Did y'all get that? 
Let's change our thinking. Well, God brought this trial and he put this sickness on me to test me a little bit and just to let me suck it up and have some joy. No, he's using whatever the devil has written against you, scripted against you, brought against your mind, brought against your family, brought against your relationship. And what he wants to do is take advantage of what the devil is trying to do to unleash grace in your life. Chances are you can't do it on your own. Chances are you're not able to cope on your own. Chances are you're not able to overcome it on your own. So it gives God to unleash his supernatural grace into your life. So if that is the mentality, then ha, I'll count it a joy every time for God to do what? Pour out grace and pour out joy and unleash grace and unleash joy. Doesn't mean I'm happy for it, but I'm happy that he's in it with me. That's a different perspective. That's an attitude adjustment, right? That's an attitude change. So the Bible is very clear. It says, count it all joy or count it all grace or it gives God an opportunity for grace. Every time grace works in your life, it doesn't leave you like it found you. How about the first time you came to Jesus and got saved, you came and you, you by faith, it happened uh, via faith by grace, right? Your faith in his grace, right? That's how it happened. Did it leave you different? Yeah, you went from unsaved to saved to, uh, to uh, unrenewed to born again. You went from heathen to saint. Anytime grace shows up and shows off in your life, it does not leave you like it found you. This trial came in my life. We, we can't misread that. We're just supposed to suck it up and endure it. And the more we can suck it up and endure it, well, then we just, we just endure it. No, more. It says this, that you're able to endure more and it lets God unleash perfection into every area of your life. Your perfection? No. His perfection. What is his perfection? It's grace for you. Because you, 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 you will never be great enough. You will not. But grace makes up the difference. It's the unmerited, unearned, undeserved goodness of God. And it's going to let God unleash that in your life. That's an attitude that we need to live with right there. But it says this. Count it all grace or count it all what joy. So um, I, I unpack that for you. And... I want to just throw out, because it means a few things, but I won't throw it out there unless you get real excited and laugh and grab a hold of what I say, because there's some pretty cool things that it means, and I'm going to show you how you consider joy. Are you ready? Are you getting something good? Okay, here's the first thing it means, Uh, and and I've taught you this, but when you see the word consider it joy, it's an accounting word. Any mathematicians, any accountants in here? Anyone know what a calculator is? All right, so that's a, anyone working payroll or anything like that, your best friend is a what? It's a calculator, right? We have them here uh, when they count, and it has that big ribbon on it, right? And so I'm like, I'm like this, but my wife's like, but if you ever see anybody that's in payroll or in paying services, they're just like, here's what that means. You look at the problem you're facing, and you add up, the potential of the problem, carry the one, had to do, right? And you get a printout. Then you go to the promises of God and you carry the one, had to do, and the promise that prints out on the receipt far exceeds the problem. 
So when you consider it, consider it. The problem or the promise is greater than the problem. No matter how big the problem is, his supply, his grace is greater. So you can consider it joy. Here, here's another really wild thing that it means. And y'all weren't real excited about that, so maybe we'll get excited about this. It means this. Consider. It also means this, that you, look, this is awesome, that you make a cake and have a party. It's literally what it means. Actually, someone came up to me Sunday and they said, I don't know, we were worshiping and God showed me like this birthday cake. And I said, well, the Bible says, you know, consider it all joy. It literally means make a cake and have a party. So if something is messing with you or you're up against something or there's an opportunity in your life, grace is an opportunity to make a cake and have a party. Actually, you know what you ought to do? If, if you're just dealing with something, go to the store on the way home, make a cake, get up, light a candle. And, and, and have a piece of, have yourself a little part, not the pity party that you're used to, but ha, you, you have a promise party. How about that? You have a prophecy party. You have a promise party. Isn't that cool? Here's something else it means. That the word consider means you picture yourself in the same place and the territory that you've gained and your attitude is I'm not moving. So let's just say, in your life, Jesus has helped you take some territory. You're not who you used to be. You've grown in faith. You've grown in wisdom. You've grown in some things. And you've grown in, you, your, your spiritual territory has expanded. That word consider means this. I'm not moving and I'm not giving up my turf. No matter what you try to come in here and do, I'm not giving up my turf. God has healed me. God has blessed me. He healed me of diabetes. He healed me of that. He delivered me from that addiction. He, he mended my relationship. He did this. I'm not giving up territory. In that little verse, it means all these things. Isn't that super cool? So here's how you do this. So the word consider literally means that you land on a conclusion. You land on a conclusion. You, you, you look at a situation, you give it careful thought, not a rapid decision. You look at it, you look at the facts, you look at the situation, and you make a conscious judgment after you weigh the facts that comes from an inner contentment. So here's what that looks like. You've seen a situation, you've seen an opportunity, you've seen a challenge, and you consider the facts. You consider the situation, but you take a moment to consider. You, you, you check out what's going on, but you don't stay there. You don't stay and let it overwhelm you. You move from that inner joy and that inner contentment to trust God. Um, here's the best way I can explain it to you. Um, there's a difference between responding and reacting. So let's take the word respond. It's from the same root word as the word responsible or responsibility. So if you consider something complete joy, that means you're, you're considering the facts of what God said, the promise. So you're being responsible to consider God's promises and it literally means that you're, you're answering it. Something is out there. It's an opportunity. It's a challenge. Whatever it may be, I'm stopping. I'm considering the God side of things. I'm responsible to answer that thing. 
And the result of that is you thrive. So no matter what you're up against, be responsible, respond to it, what? In joy, in faith, and you will thrive. Reacting is totally different. Reacting means there's something that happened and you take an action against someone or something and it's real, it's real immediate and all it does is cause you to survive. Yeah. Have you ever reacted to something and later we're like, yeah, I shouldn't have said that. I, should, I, I, I really shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have lost. I shouldn't have done that because it's irresponsible. But being responsible, the word respond means I answer something. It comes at me with a voice. I answer the diagnosis. I answer the report. I answer what someone says. I answer that voice, and I answer it over my life. I'm responsible to answer it, so I'm thriving. Reacting means I just, I just react to something that happened. I do it immediately. I don't pause. I don't consider it. And what do I do? Now I'm just surviving. So consider it all joy. Be responsible for whatever that is going on to respond in what joy. I got three life points for you real quick. Can you handle them? And they're good. But you need to respond like you got some joy. Are you ready? Here they are. Number one. I think they're on the screen here. Are they on the screen? Number one. Consider every situation in light of salvation. Every situation in your life compared to salvation pales in comparison to the saving work of Jesus. No matter how bad it is, no matter, no matter how challenging it is, compared to the fact that he has saved you and redeemed you and justified you and poured his blood out in your life, if he can rescue you and save you and redeem you from who you were, man, if he can do that, then this other situation, he can also do that. Consider it in light of salvation. Let me help you, though, because the word salvation is a little Greek word. It's sozo. It means to be blessed, to prosper, to be healed, to, to succeed. And so in, compared to what God has done, is doing, and will keep doing in your life, you can consider it all joy. Let me give you a scripture. Psalm chapter 51, verse 12. Restore to me the joy of my salvation and uphold me with your generous spirit. Sometimes we just need to say, God, just, just, I got to keep that, that generous spirit of salvation stirred up in me. Are y'all with me? We're talking about considering it all joy, an attitude of joy, which once again is not just sucking it up and enduring it. It's what? It, it, is, it, it is letting God build an endurance in you so he can release perfection in you no matter what's against you. It's God's opportunity to unleash grace and joy and favor into your life. And if you're born again and saved, you, uh, you have a conduit, you have an inside connection, you have a passcode, you, 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 have, um, uh, you, you have access to the saving, sustaining power of Jesus. Come on. Life point two, consider every problem in light of God's promises. You ready for this? Every problem you will ever face, God has a promise already written for it. Y'all got that? You are special, but you're not that special. Here's what I mean. 
You are not so special that God didn't write a special solution for your special situation. Don't go home and be like, Pastor Einstein, I want special. You missed the point. The point is, whatever your problem is, God has already written a solution for it. Y'all got what I'm saying? Don't leave here like he said I wasn't special. You're special, all right. You're special. But you're not that special that your problem or your situation is so special that God can't handle it or that he's never seen it before or he doesn't already have an answer for it or that he didn't die on the cross for it or that his blood can't cure it or that his work can't mend it. I got a scripture for you for that one too. You know this one. For all of the promises of God are maybe sometimes and if it works out for you. Oh, wait a minute. That's the, that's the wrong. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. So God didn't write a promise to impress you. He wrote a promise to get it through you and to you and for you. Can you put that up there again for me, guys? Look, look, look at the end of this. All the promises, I mean, no, there are a bunch of them. All the promises of God in him, in Jesus, are yep and uh-huh. To the glory of God through you. A promise is a theory until it manifests in your life. A promise is a desire until you grab a hold of it by faith. A promise is, is, a, is something that's before you. It's a desire until you grab it by faith. And grace is just grace in theoretical form until you grab a hold of it by faith. And it takes a manifestation in your life. And it changes your stinking thinking, changes the way you breathe, changes the way you live, changes the way you go to work, changes the way you worship. Did you get all that? That was really good. I don't think I can repeat it. So consider every situation in light of salvation. Consider every problem in light of God's promises. And the last one, consider every obstacle in light of your anticipated outcome. Consider every obstacle in light of your anticipated outcome. What is that? That's a fancy way of saying faith. You say, why do you talk about so much about faith? Because Romans 4.16 says, faith is the key. If I gave you something, I'd say, I want to give you the keys. The key gives you access. The key starts things. The key shuts things off. Faith is the what? Key. So the anticipated outcome is your faith in the promise of God. I, I got a, a, a few verses there for you. This is found in the book of Hebrews. Therefore, we also... Because we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. People who've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Um, we lay aside weight. I, just would, I would encourage you with this. Whatever weight you walked in here with tonight, lay it aside. Just lay it down. Don't mark it and pick it up when you come back Sunday morning. Just lay it aside. You got to keep laying it aside. Just keep laying the weight aside. The weight and the sin that ensnares us so we can run with endurance a race before us. Y'all know you're running a race, right? You're running a race? Here's the deal. You're running a race God designed for you to win. I know it's not real popular now, but we're not getting 
participation trophies. We're getting winning trophies. Well, I'm just, when I was in high school, we had this guy on our team, and he said the dumbest thing in the locker room one time, because uh, uh, he's like, I just on the team because I want the jersey, so my girlfriend can wear it during the week, and we're like, dude, I mean, we pounded on him the whole season, that was the dumbest thing he could have said, you're not here just for the jersey, you're not here for a participation trophy, you're here for the prize, I'll prove it, Philippians says, lay aside, forget what's behind you, and pursue the prize, pursue the prize, which the prize is everything God's made available for you. That's what the prize is in the here and now and obviously eternal glory. So uh, then it goes on. It says, keep looking to Jesus, who is the one who authored. He's the one who wrote the last chapter of our faith, who for the joy that was before him, he endured the cross. He went through shame. He sat down at the right hand of God. What this is saying is Jesus endured all of that with a spirit of joy. You can go through what you're going through because he's with you with the same spirit of joy. No matter the obstacle. I'm not making light of your obstacle. I'm not making light of your problem. And I'm not making light of your situation. What I am doing is making light of your promise. I'm making light of your salvation. And I'm making light of the outcome. So whatever it is right now messing with you, whatever opportunities before you, it's just an opportunity for grace to spread its perfection in your life. It's an opportunity. That's why you can have an attitude of joy, because this is an opportunity for God to spread grace in me, for me, and through me. Isn't that some good stuff? Isn't that some good stuff? Can, can, can we stand on our feet? Uh, I, I've been making this joy declaration, and I just want you to repeat this after me. We made this on Sunday. We made this on New Year's Eve, and, and it goes this way. Are you ready? Now don't, just, don't mumble your way through this. Say this with some conviction. Say, say, this, say this, and if you don't believe it yet, say it in faith. If you're not sure if I'm sane or not yet tonight, just go with me, all right? I, I, what I'm saying is reach down and grab this by faith. Ready? Here we go. Uh, and, and you can't be like, I mean, and you got to be like, I declare. Ready? Here we go. I declare. I declare. Mm, there we go. I like that. Uh, that I am experiencing, I experiencing. supernatural joy. In 2023, I am prioritizing His presence, His promises, and His people, and joy is manifesting in my mind, in my heart, in my eyes, in my ears, in my mouth, my hands, and my feet. I'm anointed with the grace of His joy. And it's producing hope, healing, strength, and victory in me. I'm going to take on every challenge with an attitude of joy. And I will overcome every situation that tries to overwhelm me. I am so full of a joyful expectation about what God's up to. That nothing, that nothing can stop it, can stop it from, happening. from happening. Man, if you believe that, give him some praise. Yeah. Father, I praise you. I worship you.